Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One Silver. At the request of Marshal Jim Fraser, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were camped on the banks of Furnace River, a few miles from the town of Modoc City. They were there when two riders approached. Hello there. Hello. Hello, The callers were Tom Bent, editor of the Modoc City News, and Inky, his 14-year-old adopted son. The masked man and Tonto greeted them warmly. Then Tom said, Marshal Jim told us we'd find you here. We were in his office last night. He said you were staying in these parts until his deputies bring in a couple of outlaws they captured in Copper County. Yes, as soon as they arrive, we'll leave with Marshal Jim and the prisoners for territorial prisons. <laughs> Those prisoners will be mighty well guarded. Mister, yes. a couple of months ago when I saw you last, you said you'd teach me how to use a gun the next time you came to town. 
I remember it. Now, I tried to tell him he shouldn't impose on you, but he insisted on coming here. It's no imposition, Tom. I'll give you your first lesson today, Inky. Oh, golly. Do we start now? Yes, but before you try shooting, remember no gun is a plaything. A deadly weapon that must be handled with care. Yes, sir. Never draw a gun unless you plan to use it. Never point it at anything you wouldn't want to shoot. And never shoot unless you've no other choice. I'll remember, mister. Now, take my gun. Gosh, thanks. Golly, it's heavy. What do I shoot at? Fire at one of the logs floating down river there. It's hard to cock. <laughs> one of the arms companies is putting out a self-cocking gun, Inky. It's a double-action thirty-eight. A pull on the trigger throws back the hammer and trips it. That'd be a lot easier to use. Oh, uh, do you need help? I've got it. All set? Yeah. Here goes. Oh. <laughs> Inky, you shot away over the mark. I know I did, Tom. What did I do wrong, mister? Well, you didn't allow for the kick of the gun. I'll try again. That was better. But you still missed the log, Inky. Try standing sideways, placing most of your weight on your right foot. Like this? Yes. That's the best position for a beginner. It not only helps you balance your gun, but it makes a smaller target of your body. Yes, sir. Uh, don't make your trigger finger do all the work. Use your whole hand and squeeze both butt and trigger. I'll shoot again. Well, good for you, Inky. I hit it. I hit the log. I saw the bark fly. You're learning fast, Inky. Well, that's plenty good shot for a beginner. Thanks, Tano. The log's gone now, but here comes a smaller target. It's only a few feet from shore. I'll try to hit it. I don't shoot, Inky. Huh? Uh, let the hammer down gently. It's down. What's wrong, mister? That's not a piece of wood. Oh, it looks like canteen. It is. I'll wait in after it. Will you be able to reach it, mister? Yes, Tom. I wonder where it came from. Not know. Maybe someone drowned and lost it. Let's hope not, Inky. Well, I've got it. You think there'll be a name on a canteen panel? Yeah, you'll soon know whether there is or not. I'll take my gun now, Inky. Oh, sure, mister. Thanks for the lesson. Is there a name on the canteen? No, but there's something inside. Listen. It sounds like gold nuggets. <laughs> Inky has a lively imagination. I'll take the cap off and pour out whatever's inside. Gee, those look like small pebbles. They are, Tom. Here's something else. That rolled piece of paper. Yeah, someone hoped a canteen would be found and opened. The pebbles were intended to arouse the finder's curiosity. There's writing on the paper. It's a note. Yes, that's right. What's it say? I, Pete Hall, was ambushed on the 2nd of May on my way to Modoc City for my gold claim. I was shot in the back and left for dead. When I came to, I was paralyzed from the waist down. My horse is gone. The gold I was taking to town was stolen. The two men who shot me were hiding in the brush where Squaw Creek runs into Furnace River. I can't live much longer, but tell the marshal... Tell him what? That's the end of the letter, Inky. Gosh, I know Pete Hall. His claim's in the hills near Chief Blackhawk's Indian village. Pete was downright friendly with the Indians. Yes, we ran a front-page story when Blackhawk made Pete a blood brother. Do you think there's a chance he's still alive? No, Tom. The 2nd of May was three weeks ago. A badly wounded man couldn't live three weeks without food, shelter, or medical care. Ah, and what we do? You and I'll ride to Squaw Creek to look for the body, Toto. Uh, me get Scout from Silver Town. What about Inky and me, mister? Tom, I wish you'd take this message to Marshal Jim in Modoc City. Yeah? Tell him how we found it, 
and ask him to join Toto and me on the riverbank near Squaw Creek. Right. Come on, Inky. We'll hit the saddle and head for town. Shortly after noon, a hard-faced, well-dressed man named Lefty Blunt was eating a substantial meal in Ma Hank's Henry House Hotel in Modoc City. His companion was a gunslinger named Sutton Jones. On the opposite side of the dining room, Marshal Jim Fraser was enjoying a sizable portion of Ma Hank's celebrated chicken and dumplings. As Sutton Jones wolfed a huge piece of apple pie, he nodded toward the marshal. I... I still think we ought to dodge that lawman, Lefty. Why? He doesn't know we shot in Ralph Pete Hall. In fact, as far as I can find out, no one knows the old fellow's dead. Even so, we should clear out of town. Leave the Henry house? Oh, no, not me, Sutton. This is the first time in years I've been able to afford grub like this. We have a fine room, and we get first-rate service. Uh, I keep expecting the marshal to haul us in for murder. Why are you so edgy? Pete Hall isn't the first man we've gunned. Oh, but this is different, Lefty. How so? I rode to Squaw Creek this morning. For what? I figured I'd head for the hills to see if I could find Pete Hall's gold claim. Did you? I didn't go any farther than Squaw Creek. Why not? Pete Hall's body was gone. Hmm. What of it? Maybe the high water gave it all. And it'll turn up sooner or later, Lefty. When the body's found, it'll come out that he was killed with a thirty-eight caliber slug. That new double-action gun of yours is the only thirty-eight around here. Drink your coffee and quit worrying. Yeah. I'll quit worrying when you figure a way to keep us from being charged with murder. Why cross bridges do we have to? I never what do it. Howdy, Tom. Hello, Inky. You kept me told you were here, Marshal Jim. Well, what's the excitement? We were with the Lone Ranger and Tonto on the bank of Furnace River. The Lone Ranger? I know the masked man's around here, Tom. He and Tonto brought me a couple of important handbills. Did you know Pete Hall's been shot? What? Oh, how did it happen? Lefty, hear that? Shut up and listen. The Lone Ranger found this in the canteen that floated downstream from Squaw Creek. Well, let's see it. Pete wrote it, Marshal Jim. Ah. So I see, Inky. It's too bad he didn't name the poor cats who gunned him. Yeah. Where's the Lone Ranger now? Well, he and Tonto were going to Squaw Creek to look for the body. They'd like you to meet him there. I'll saddle my horse and head for the creek pronto. I'll go with you. So I... Now you stay here, Inky. But, Tom... There's no use arguing. We've work to do, and you'll just be in the way. Come on, Tom. We've no time to waste. Yes, I'm with you, Marshal. As Marshal Jim Fraser and Tom Bent strode from the dining room... Sutton Jones leaned toward his partner. Lefty, we'd better clear out of here. We're in real trouble. You heard what was said. Pete Hall died before he named the men who shot him. When his body's found, that thirty-eight slug will tell who killed him. You said the body was gone. The masked man will find it. Lefty does. Your gun will hang us both. It's the only double-action thirty-eight around here. Get rid of it. Relax, Sutton. No one knows I have the gun. You've been wearing it. Get rid of it now before someone sees it. No. It'll prove we killed Pete. I paid plenty for this gun. Nobody around here has one like it. That's just it, Lefty. We'll wait till they bring the body to town. Then we'll find out whether or not they'll remove the bullet that killed Pete. But the let... gun's mine. Let me worry about it. When the two men retired that night... Sutton Jones waited until he was sure Lefty was asleep. 
Then he took the thirty-eight from its holster, removed the cartridges, and moved quietly to the open window of the second-floor hotel room. Leaning out, he hurled the weapon as far as he could throw it. Don't what? A moment later, he heard a crash of shattering glass. He realized that he had thrown the gun through someone's window. Well, at least I don't have to worry about it any longer. Maybe now someone else will get the blame for gunning Peter Hall. The murder weapon Sutton Jones had thrown from the second floor bedroom of the Henry house smashed the glass in the window of the lamplit newspaper office where Inky dozed in the editor's chair waiting for Tom to return from Squaw Creek. Startled from sleep by the sound of breaking glass, Inky leaped from the chair. What's going on? What happened? Then the wide-eyed boy saw the broken window and stared in dismay at the glass on the floor. He hurried to the door. Who broke Tom's window? Who did it? Hey, come back here, you snick. Tom! Right down, Inky. Oh, Tom, you're just about two minutes too late. Why? What are you hollering about? Look at our window. Someone must have thrown a rock through it. Who did it? The sneaking polecat vamoose before I got a look at him. Gosh, it costs so much to buy that glass. Well, no use crying over broken glass. I reckon one of our subscribers has a complaint. You picked a fine way to let us know it. We'll board the window tomorrow. Come on, we'll go inside. I'm so tired I could sleep standing up. Did you find Pete's body? No. The Lone Ranger and Tonto found some tracks, and they're following them. Pete's tracks? I didn't know what to make of them, Mickey. They looked to me like tracks of four or five men, but following them by moonlight, slow, hard work. Marshal Jim and I finally gave up and decided to come home. Oh, what about the Lone Ranger? He and uh, Toto are still on the trail. Tom, I'm sorry. About what? That window. If I hadn't been sleeping, I'd have seen the critter who threw the rock. Rock? The rock that smashed the window. It wasn't a rock. Look on the floor here. A gun. Is it loaded? Uh, No. Great day, Inky. This is one of those new double-action 38s the Lone Ranger was talking about. Gosh, a pull on a trigger will throw back the hammer and trip it. Yes, it's a mighty valuable weapon. I never figured we'd get one of them. Let's get some cartridges. No, we're not keeping it, Inky. Why not? Whoever tossed it in here doesn't want it. We'll uh, take it to Marshal Jim's office in the morning. Right now, I'm turning in for the night. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes... Please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. Though Inky did his best to persuade Tom to keep the gun, the newspaper editor went to Marshal Jim's office the next morning. While the lawman examined the unusual weapon, and Tom explained how it had been thrown through his window, Ma Hank's houseboy Ned entered the office with a steaming pot of coffee and fresh donuts. Oh, Ned, if that coffee's half as good as it smells, it's the best Ma ever made. <laughs> it's as good as ever, Marshal Jim. <laughs> Ma said you have plates and cups here. Yeah, that's right. I expect she'll start charging me rental for using hotel crockery. Yeah, I'll get them from the shelf. How about joining me in a cup of coffee and a couple of Ma's donuts, Tom? Well, thanks, Marshal. Good. Yeah, you pour the coffee. Huh? Yeah, Ned? This for your trouble. Oh, it's no trouble, Marshal Jim. But golly, thanks for the tip. Hey, you've earned it. Come back later to pick up the empty coffee. Oh, sure, right. Hey, who turned in Mr. Blunt's gun? What gun are you talking about, Ned? Oh, that one. I'd recognize it anywhere. I've seen it in his holster. Who's Mr. Blunt? One of Ma's guests. He was howling around the hotel this morning that someone had stolen his gun. Oh, that's interesting. Mighty interesting. When I go back to the hotel, I'll tell him he can claim the gun here. Yeah, yeah, do that, Ned. I'd like to see Mr. Blunt. Lefty Blunt and Sutton Jones were on their way to the livery stable when Ned met them on his way back to the hotel. The houseboy told Lefty the marshal had his gun. Well, thanks for the information, Ned. I figured you'd be glad to know the marshal has it, Mr. Blunt. I'd like to know how he got it. Hey, uh, Ned. Uh, yeah, Mr. Jones? I uh, heard the marshal left town yesterday afternoon to look for Pete Hall's body. That's right. But he didn't find it. He and Tom Bent gave up the search. Oh, and a body will never be found. It'll be found, all right. My friend Inky told me the Lone Ranger and Tano are looking for it. They won't give up till they find it. How do you know? They're following the tracks from the scene of the shooting. Oh? Everyone knows how good they are at tracking. Uh-huh. Well, I better get back to the kitchen. Mo Hank will want me to help her get things set up for the noonday meal. So long, Ed. So long. Sudden. So long. I figure you know how the marshal got my gun. But me? Yeah, and you'd better talk. Why, I don't know any more than you do. Someone must have broken into our room last the night. The door was locked on the inside when we got up this morning. So maybe someone climbed into the room through the window. They'd have taken cash as well as the gun. All right. I admit it, Lefty. I threw the thirty-eight out the window last night after you went to sleep. Oh, you jughead. I wanted to get rid of it before it caused trouble. Yeah, thanks to you, we're up to our ears in trouble. Now, the marshal knows that gun's mine. Well, someone must have found it and turned it over to him. Uh, you and your smart ideas. I didn't know how things would turn out. I thought I'd save us both from a murder rap. Without a body, the law can't prove a murder. We'll not be in the clear to let Mask Man and his engine pal give up the search for Pete's body. We might make him give up the search. Huh? We'll ride to Squaw Creek and follow the Lone Ranger's tracks. Well, what do we do if we catch up with him? We'll give him the same thing we did Pete Hall. But before we leave town, we'll get my gun from the marshal. The Lone Ranger and Toto had been in the saddle all night following barely discernible tracks by moonlight. The trail was so faint that other men would have despaired. 
but the masked man and his Indian friend refused to give up. By mid-morning, they were approaching Black Hawk's Indian village. As they neared the large circle of teepees, Tonto's eyes narrowed. Oh, there's something wrong here, Kimasabi. Me not see anyone round. Yes, the village must have been warned of our approach. Flats and teepees all down. That not good. Oh, sir, oh. Go. Oh, the flap of one teepee is opening, Tonto. Chief Black Hawk and the medicine men are coming out. Bad. Chief not know us. He's a steady big fellow. He's a scouty fellow. We'll make the peace sign and act as if we hadn't noticed anything unusual. Not like look of village. Salute the chief and tell him we come in peace. Before Tonto could speak, Chief Black Hawk shouted a command. We're going to hang! Instantly, the flaps of the teepees surrounding the council ring opened. In each opening, a brave stood with an arrow strung to a bow. We're surrounded. You keep hands from guns. Race overhead. You better do as he says, Tonto. We resist, we'll be killed. Look like Chief Plan kill us anyway. Then you'll know that. Stop! Stop! What did the chief say, Tonto? Him tell other Indians. Come from teepee. Take pass from face a tall stranger. We'll have to stop them. Too many Indians, Kimasabi. If too late, stop now. Then we'll go down fighting. As Indians approached the Lone Ranger, they were stopped by the sudden cry from the nearest teepee. The masked man and Tonto, who were about to snatch guns from their holsters, turned in the direction of the cry. They saw a white man approaching with uneven, lurching steps. He was haggard and unshaven. One Indian ran to meet him, threw his blanket over the white man's shoulders, and steadied his steps. That man is white. Not harm us. He doesn't know us. But him say, we not men who shoot him. Who? Who are you two? We came to this village in peace to look for the body of Pete Hall. Yeah, I'm Pete Hall. You? Yes. Why were you looking for my body? We found the letter in your canteen. Oh, so that's it. Before we could ask Chief Blackhawk any questions, the tribe took up arms against us. Blackhawk and my brother Indians are not to be blamed. They thought you were the ones who shot me. We didn't. I know. What'd you do with the letter you found? We turned it over to Marshal Jim Fraser. How'd you manage to reach this village? After I put the letter in the canteen and tossed it into the river, the Indians found me. We bring them to the village. For weeks I've been lying in that teepee, half conscious. You were fortunate the Indians found you. Yes. They got the bullet out of my back and... Relieved the pressure that had paralyzed me. They hung the bullet around my neck as a medicine charm. Ah, me see it. That was fired from a thirty-eight. If the chief and his braves ever find the critter that shot me, the poor cat will pay with his life. Would you be able to recognize the man? I know him. Just before I lost consciousness, I saw him and his partner come from the brush. I said... Look! The group in the clearing turned to see Lefty Blunt and Sutton Jones approaching. The two killers held guns and were so intent on killing the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Pete Hall that they weren't aware of two of Black Hawk scouts silently following them. Oh, you're still alive, Pete. You, you dirty killers. Keep your hands away from your guns. Keep Black Hawk. Unless you follow orders, we'll blow your head off. Pete, are these the men who shot you? They're the ones... How did you find us? 
Follow the tracks you and your Indian pal left when you started tracking Pete from Squaw Creek. Oh. We wanted to find you before you uncovered Pete's body. You no. can't hope to fight an entire Indian village. We've got the drop on you. And with my thirty-eight, I can do some pretty fast shooting. Then you'd better turn around and start. Huh? Two of my men behind you. <laughs> you can't fool us with that old trick. It's no trick. Thomas Connor! At a word from the chief, the two young braves behind Lefty and Sudden leap forward. They grip the two killers. As Lefty and Sudden fought to free themselves, the Lone Ranger drew his colt. You two are finished. Help! They're both going back to Modoc City to pay for the shooting of Pete Hall. Late that day, Inky and Ned saw the Lone Ranger, Toto, and Chief Blackhawk right into town with the two prisoners. As the cavalcade drew rein, dismounted, and entered the marshal's office, the boys raced down Main Street to find out what was going on. They opened the door of the marshal's office in time to hear the masked man say, uh, Here's Lefty Blunt's gun. An examination of the bullet that was taken from Pete's back will prove that it was fired by that gun. Oh, I knew you should have gotten rid of that six-gun, Lefty. Uh, shut up. I'll put both of them behind bars, mister. And we'll go to their hotel room and try to recover the gold they stole. Good. Pete will be able to come to town in a day or so. He'll sign a statement telling how they ambushed him. I'm downright glad the polecats didn't kill him. He'd have died if it hadn't been for Chief Blackhawk and his people. Be plenty glad help, blood brother. Now may go back to village. Tell them fellas who shoot them pay white man for crime. They'll pay plenty too, Chief Blackhawk. That's good. Tonto and I are going back to camp, Chief Blackhawk. We'll ride part of the way with you. We go now? Yes. See you later, Marshal Jim. Right, mister. Come on, Tonto. Uh, adios, Marshal Jim. So long, Tonto. Perhaps we'll have time to give you another shooting lesson, Inky. I hope so, mister. We'll put these two polecats behind bars where they belong. Come on, you two. Ah, Lefty, if it hadn't been for you and that gun, we'd never been caught. <laughs> it wasn't the gun that trapped you. It was the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank <laughs> you.